Welcome to the New Books Network. This is the Nordic Asia Podcast. Welcome to the Nordic Asia Podcast, a collaboration sharing expertise on Asia across the Nordic region. I'm Joanne Kwai, your host for today. I'm a PhD candidate at the Kaush University in Sweden and an affiliated PhD with the Nordic Institute of Asian Studies. Joining me today is Wu Pingtu, who coordinated the publishing of the book uh, Albert Shina Nushsush du Centro Anush, A Beef on China in its 200 Years to Commemorate the 200th Anniversary of the First Newspaper Published in Macau and the First in Foreign Language, in this case Portuguese, published on Chinese soil. Co-edited together with Duat Drummond Braga. Hugo, thank you so much for being here today. Hello, Joanna. Thank you very much for having me. I actually met Hugo many years ago when we were both working as journalists in Macau, the special administrative region of China and a former Portuguese colony. The book itself is published in Portuguese with one chapter in English. But today we have the pleasure to have Hugo here to tell us a little bit more about the book. But before we dive into the book, I would like to ask you a little bit about your professional background. What have you been doing? What led you to carry on this book project? And how did the book come into being? Sure. First of all, thank you very much for the invitation and help me to shed some light on this very interesting story. I moved to Macau in September 2005. Some years later, I went to there in Macau as well. Curiously, I arrived at Macau on September 12, 2005. That's the same day that Abelha da China was first published, but 183 years ago back then. I'm a journalist, so I majored in social communication, media studies in Portugal with a focus on journalism. I did my studies in Universidade do Minho. That's in northern Portugal, and that's the same university where later I would complete my master's degree with the work regarding the Portuguese-speaking press in Macau, its challenges and difficulties. Still in Portugal, after an internship in Publico, that's a large national newspaper here in Portugal, I decided to move to Macau. This was only uh, a few years after the handover back to China in the end of 1999. This was uh, still a period of great uncertainty. A lot of transformation and big changes were happening. And everybody, almost everybody, was um, with uh, some doubts about uh, what was going to happen and uh, what would Macau turn into. But things progressively settled after a while and uh, Macau became a very optimistic place. Gaming industry was uh, opening up when I arrived. Back then, there wasn't many of the major casinos that uh, would open later, the resort, big hotels, international hotels that uh, would uh, start uh, to appear massively from 2007 and on. Uh, you could sense that the future would be bright and that that was a very interesting period to be in Macau and in China. This was also a period of intense growth and development in China. So it was really, for me, a privilege to to witness all this uh, as a journalist. In Macau, first I worked at a local newspaper called Ponto Final, where I also became the editor. And later, at the end of 2008, I started working for the local public radio broadcast service called Radio Macau, Macau Radio. 
And uh, gradually I became more and more interested in Macau's history, uh, not only because I felt that uh, learning about Macau's history was essential to my work as a journalist, since Macau is a place where history has a long and uh, direct impact, uh, but also because Macau's history is absolutely incredible, very, very interesting. And it's also very little known by most people. It's about this uh, small place that sits at uh, crossroads of major, major events and uh, the complex relationship between the West and China, the West and the East. And Macau played a very important role between these two worlds. It was actually the first uh, window that opened up between the West and the Far East. You can only imagine what happened during almost five centuries. It's very, very interesting. And at the same time, Macau grew itself as a very autonomous place. Many historians have called it a republic of sorts. And this also led to it being a very uh, specific place, not entirely Portuguese, not entirely Chinese. It was, in fact, something else apart. And that is a quality that Macau kept during a long time. And Macau was and is, I believe, still a very special place. You just have to look at it you know, in a certain way, in a certain light. And of course, it helps if you know its history. That's where this book uh, comes in. The press uh, is one of those things that made Macau so special. The press itself helped Macau to play that role, the role as a window to the world and also a, a window to China. The printing press was taken to Macau from Europe in the 16th century. And for a long time in Portugal, and all its colonies and possessions, uh, there was this ban on the publication of newspapers in these uh, territories. That changed in 1820, when in Portugal we had the liberal revolution, and then after that the publication of newspapers became possible. This back then new reality only reached Macau two years later in 1822 because at that time travel and communications were not uh, very easy took a while and so on September 12 1822 uh, Velha was published for the first time in Macau before we talk about the newspaper specifically I would like to summarize how the press in Macau had a great impact, particularly in China. A decade after A Velha da China was published, there was another important milestone for the press in Macau with the first Chinese newspaper with a modern printing press both in Macau and throughout China. It was uh, Zhao Wenpian. It was founded by Robert Morrison, who was the first uh, Protestant pastor to enter China and to whom uh, we owe the first complete edition of the Bible in Chinese. By the way, Robert Morrison is, uh, is also buried in Macau together with his wife in the beautiful Protestant cemetery near the Camões Garden in mm-hmm. Macau a very uh, well-known place and a very beautiful place. Uh, as well as uh, missionaries, reformers who changed China or tried to change China also passed through Macau and also took advantage of the relatively free environment that uh, Macau had compared to mainland China. And uh, uh, these uh, reformers took advantage, of course, of the press as a great uh, 
instrument for spreading ideas. This was the best way to propagate ideas back then. So uh, there were several Chinese intellectuals who went to Macau, some who lived there to learn about Western ideas and to work in the press to promote reformist thinking, trying to achieve the modernization of old China. This was the case with Lin Zhishu, Kang Youwei, Liang Shishao, Kang Guangren, Zhang Guanin, and the most, maybe the most notorious of all, Sun Yat-sen father of the Chinese Republic. Sun Yat-sen actually wrote several articles in a very special newspaper called Ecumakeyens. It was first published in 1893 and uh, it's the first uh, bilingual newspaper, Portuguese and Chinese, to be published uh, in Macau. This uh, bilingual newspaper was uh, a way of trying to get the, the two communities uh, together because for a long time there was segregation of sorts between these two communities that were in fact separated by cultural and and language barriers. Uh, So, uh, to quote a famous Macau historian, uh, Wu Jiliang, Macau's role in the transformation of old China, also through the press, is uh, unquestionable. It was all this uh, and, and more that uh, we wanted to pay tribute to. And so Duarte Mont Braga and I, uh, we had um, the idea to present uh, to Centro Científico e Cultural de Macau, Macau's scientific and cultural center here in Lisbon. We presented them the idea to do something to commemorate the 200 years of this uh, very special newspaper. And uh, they enthusiastically accepted uh, the, the idea and gave us all the conditions to proceed. That's uh, how the book came to be and also the, the conference that uh, we organized uh, in September 12, uh, 2022, exactly 200 years after uh, Abelha da China was uh, first published. We had the honor of having five distinguished uh, scholars, uh, one Chinese, uh, Jing Guoping, who's a leading historian in Macau's affairs, is a brilliant uh, character. Also, three Portuguese scholars, Katia Miriam Costa, Jorge Rimar, and Teresa Sena. And uh, we also invited a Brazilian scholar, Pablo Magalhães. It's uh, curious because in the history of Abelha da China, all these three nationalities played a role. 200 years ago. So uh, Abelha da China was the first uh, modern newspaper, the first uh, periodical with political news in Macau. Uh, It was published uh, from September 1822 to August uh, 1823. The five scholars, they all focus on different aspects of uh, this uh, history. The newspaper itself, uh, Abelha da can be literally translated into a bee from China. Yeah, yeah. And the the the, 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 the bee. Uh, well, th- there's um, a resonance, a, a Freemason uh, resonance in the name, uh, because uh, Freemasonry was very active at that time in Portugal and Brazil also. It was a way of fighting the old regime, the absolutist regime. So they were very keen on disseminating the liberal reformist ideas. The bee is a very industrious animal, is a very laborious animal. So it's a symbol of uh, industry and uh, of effort. 
that's one of the origins of the name of the newspaper. As you said, the newspaper itself only existed for like a year or so. Yeah, it sounds relatively short. Almost a year, yeah, eleven months.、Yeah. But、uh, it somehow paves the way for the future press development in Macau. Absolutely. What kind of a significance does it hold, or what are the people that are inspired by it afterwards? Yeah, the newspaper was born out of a revolution in Portugal. It was born out of a conflict, a conflict between these two factions: the conservatives on the one side, the reformists, the liberals that were on the way in. But in Macau, the old order was very well established. They made their way back into power in less than a year. It's true that、uh, this newspaper did not last that much time, but、uh, its legacy, its influence,、uh, still lasts until today. And that's because of the ideas that、um, the newspaper chose as foundational to its own existence. As one of our invited scholars writes,、uh, Katia Miriam Costa. In her study, this was a newspaper pretty much、uh, in the modern sense.、Uh, it was very modern, and in that sense,、uh, Abelha da China inaugurated, started modernity in Macau. Even if that didn't last、uh, long enough, it was planted as a seed and、uh, would eventually. Breathe、uh, different、uh, ideas and、uh, realities.、Uh, so this newspaper, it had news, it had comments、uh, on local events, but also about other parts of the world,、uh, which was a, a very uh, unusual thing uh, back then. This paper was, of course, a result of the liberal revolution in Portugal. So. It acted on liberal ideals and ideas, and I mean the classic liberal and enlightenment ideas, not the, the neoliberal ideas of today. These、uh, classic liberal ideas were crucial to the founders of this newspaper. Above all, was the idea of freedom, a just freedom, freedom with a conscience. Because they believe that、uh, only with freedom and respect for freedom could the government、uh, operate, and also、uh, only with freedom could the citizens be governed. And so there was this idea that freedom was or should be embodied in the freedom of the press, which was、um, understood the freedom of the press as the driving force of. All forms of freedom, cultural, economic, political, social, the freedom of the press, they believed, should be that driving force for all the transformations. I think that is a very uh, modern uh, idea, and、uh, it makes a lot of sense even today. If we look at the world, we still believe that.、Uh, Information and knowledge is power and、uh, makes you a better citizen, makes you a better politician, makes you a better journalist, and so、uh, that was pretty much their motto, their belief. They considered the press freedom to be the foundation of all other types of freedoms. This is still with a great、uh, significance and resonance in today's times. Yeah. Definitely, and the newspaper itself is published in Portuguese back then in 1822. And even though Macau at that time 
was a Portuguese colony, but locally it still had a majority of Chinese residents who I assumed that didn't really speak any Portuguese. So do we have any evidence of how the newspaper was received by the locals? And what is the kind of dynamics between the Portuguese and Chinese press in Macau? You mean today? Uh, the evolution from the, that well, time, maybe. That brings me to a long, 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 <laughs> long story about the, the evolution of Macau. That's very uh, complicated to summarize. But I'll try. I'll try my best. So, but yeah, at this time, Abelha da China was published mainly for the Portuguese community, and the Portuguese community was a very small community. It was composed mainly by businessmen and uh, public officials. It was a very small community at that time. The Chinese were still a minority in these affairs. They were a majority of the population, but uh, they were not uh, so much involved in the affairs of the city and the great enterprises, you know. In a few decades, uh, that uh, will change completely. But uh, in this time, the Chinese population of Macau was still kept uh, apart from the big decisions. But uh, whenever there was uh, something important to be reported or there was something important to announce, if it mattered to the Chinese population, of course, they would uh, know there were translators and the message would uh, reach them, of course. This newspaper, as I said before, was the result of a struggle, a conflict between these two factions. So its main purpose was to establish a, a new way of operate, a new way of thinking, and um, at the same time to push the old order out of Macau, out of Macau's affairs. That was the main goal of this newspaper, because before this newspaper, there was no press in Macau. This newspaper starts a new reality. The main goal of Abelha de China was, in fact, to establish a new way of Macau to operate with more transparency, freedom, better education access, better governance. That meant uh, pushing the old order and the people that uh, represented that out of Macau. They were successful for a while, but uh, eventually the conservatives would uh, hold power again. Is there any reserved prints on copies of this newspaper that we have access to nowadays? Can yes. we see it somewhere? Yes, you can see it online. If you go to the Portuguese National Library, you can access to the newspaper and also a lot of newspapers that were published after Abelha de China. Some years ago, in the 90s, I believe, there was a new edition of Abelha de China, but it's very hard to find nowadays. But yes, you can read it online. It's not exactly an easy reading. Um, but uh, this book that uh, we published, uh, there's a great introduction, actually, to, the, to this newspaper and to this period of time in Macau because uh, you get a clear view and a sense of what the newspaper represented. Uh, as I said before, 
one of the scholars, Katia Miriam Costa, uh, she highlights the modernist uh, precursor role that Avalia da China played in Macau. She writes about the innovations that Avalia da China brought in terms of ideas and uh, ways of doing things, such as the publication of opinion pieces, as well as how the newspaper contributed to the um, introduction of the liberal ideas in the old uh, Portuguese establishment. That was their main goal. They wanted to change mentalities. They wanted to change the mindset of, of the Portuguese uh, establishment. That was not very easy to do because as they were very much aware these things only change. You can only achieve these transformational changes uh, with education, and that takes a long, a long time. It's not uh, mm-hmm. just because you start publishing a newspaper, things won't uh, get better and liberal suddenly. Um, it's history. So moving forward a little bit to the contemporary time that we're in now, Macau now is a special administrative region of China mm-hmm. and governed by this uh, one country, two systems rule and also the basic law, which states that um, uh, Portuguese along with Chinese are the official languages mm-hmm. of uh, Macau. Yeah. So in Macau, now we know that they still have uh, all these official documents and the public uh, press service that have to be in dual language. So there's still a presence of the Portuguese press in Macau. And you uh, yourself has worked as a journalist in Macau for the Portuguese press. How was the experience for you? I lived in Macau for 16 years. As a journalist, it was great because, as I've said before in the beginning of our conversation, when I arrived in Macau, Macau and China was living very interesting times of great transformation. And that kept happening even until today. Macau and China are very turbulent sometimes. History is not always peaceful. The last few years have been eventful. But um, to be able to witness at close hand what was happening, it's very interesting because history, what happened a long time ago, still has a lot of impact. And at the same time, everyday history is happening. Things Mm -hmm. change. Uh, Sometimes they change overnight, not always in a positive way. But... um, Regardless, it's always interesting as a journalist to be able to to witness and uh, write about it. When I worked as a journalist in Macau at that time, and I sometimes feel that Macau may have the potential to be even an international media hub with uh, the setting, as you mentioned, historically has been serving as this um, uh, melting point of the East and uh, West. But uh, in the recent years, I also witnessed and or observed this uh, kind of deteriorating environment for press freedom in Macau. And it's not very reassuring. Where do you see how this is going to go? Well, at the moment, uh, if we look at the, the way things are at the moment, there are not many reasons to be optimistic. But... You know, China's history is made of peoples and changes and uh, there's always someone wiser. And, uh, well, let's hope for that. And uh, 
Macau's history, this book and uh, Abelha de China, it also demonstrates that Macau's history always benefited when there was uh, freedom, freedom for people to circulate, for ideas, for merchandise. Freedom is good. Freedom makes things happen. Of course, there are mistakes. It's part of the concept of freedom. But overall, uh, it means that uh, you are able to decide for yourself. And uh, usually, after some ponderation, people tend to, to make good decisions. People and governments. And uh, when you simply decide without hearing what uh, people want, well that ends up being bad governance. And uh, the press can play uh, an instrumental role in that and also can play a role in enlightening the public, the general public, as well as those who govern. That was the, the main message of Abelha da China, uh, which I find uh, still very important to, to pay attention to uh, still today. Yeah, definitely. I really uh, like this uh, hopeful outlook and a positive attitude, especially with the sound of the newborn in the background. So uh, I don't want to keep you for too long. So thank you so much again for joining us here uh, today and for sharing all of this. Thank you very much, Owen. Thank you for having me and uh, giving this opportunity to talk about this. And to our listeners, the link to the book will be shared in the show notes. And you can also connect with Hugo and me on Twitter, uh, with Hugo on at Proximate Audience, and with me at Joanne Kwai. We'll be sharing the links in the show notes. Please do check it out. Thank you for listening to the Nordic Asia podcast, showcasing Nordic collaborations in studying Asia. You have been listening to the Nordic Asia podcast.